Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. You know, when I have a large project at home, sometimes it makes sense to do it by myself. At other times, I actually save money in the long term and have a much better solution if I use an expert. It's really not that much different with church planning. Church planners who focus on building their core team and actually planting the church and partner with portability experts like Portable Church Industries hit the ground running. Yes, you may have to raise more funds up front, but let me tell you something. If I could go back in a time machine and do one thing different in all the churches that I planted, I would go back and have invested that money in Portable Church and all of the super cool kit that they give you to make the volunteers and their lives much, much easier. Trust me, your volunteers will feel invested in, and they're going to give you more of what they got. And That time where people are setting up is going to be a time where it sets the atmosphere for you to thrive. If you're thinking about launching in the next 6 to 36 months, we encourage you to check them out at PortableChurch.com. What was that guy talking about? Dude, so hey, welcome to the Church Planner Podcast. We're uh, I'm Peyton Jones, um, guy with the incredible sexy voice, and the other guy is Pete. I'm Pete Mitchell. <laughs> oh, I'm goofy. Hey, Pete, so- Pete, come over for a party. Remember that com- uh, train? Stop interrupting me! Dang it! So, so making an '80s reference. So we're only a day late in the podcast. No biggie. And a couple million dollars short. If you are upset because we're a day late, we'll go ahead and give you a money back refund. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. See, already you've just joined us. You're new. You already don't like us. And we're offering you money. Stay a little bit. Hey. Did did you ever play Diablo? No. No, I I was a Christian. (laughs) Huh? I was a Christian. (laughs) We didn't do that kind of thing. Hey, man. Like I told my wife when she goes, do you really think you ought to be playing that? I'm like, yeah, I'm killing the devil. What could be more Christian than that? (laughs) Dude, I would love to see these conversations. Okay, so if you're new to the show, this is a little part we like to call Smack Talk. We actually have a topic today that's going to be of interest to a great many of you. But uh, one of the things that we've mentioned before on the podcast is that Two of Peyton's favorite things, dinosaurs and Jesus. So he really likes the Jesus riding a T-Rex t-shirt. And yeah. it's not sacrilegious to him. It's not It's not making fun of anything because to him, it's his favorite two favorite things right there, dinosaurs yeah. and Jesus. So I, I went ahead and I bought two 
of those costumes that you that you've seen on Facebook, undoubtedly, where yeah. it looks like the dude is riding a T Rex. Now I'm not gonna dress up as Jesus. I'm just saying I got two of them. It's like an inflatable I, I don't costume. Un- I don't understand because you and I got together for Blade Runner the other night. Why were we not going to this movie in a T Rex costume? I don't get that. Like, what's wrong? They with haven't us? come in yet. Oh. Because I, I, at a certain point, we were in we were in the Charger. Oh yeah, <laughs> and we, <laughs> and yes, we were probably wearing Star Wars underwear for a long time. Listeners, I was, we've I, had different themes. I was actually wearing Captain America. It's it's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, Marvel. I mean, it's all Disney. You know, now it Star is Wars, now. Marvel, Disney. I mean, yeah. Shoot, man, if I want to wear, you know, my, my Little Mermaid underwear, it's still Disney. It's linked to Star Wars, and you know, too far, too much. No, not at all. Okay. Well, so, hey, Pete and I went and saw, um, this is a part called Smack Talk where we talk about nothing at all for a little bit. It's kind of like the Seinfeld portion of that. No, but it's that part of the show where we talk smack. What you gonna do when the Church Planner podcast runs wild on you? (laughs) And the sound (laughs) effects are back. (laughs) That's funny. All right. Go on. Continue with your story. Just a little background music for you. That's all. Go go ahead, dude. I'm I'm so all about that. And and just to let you guys know, um, we. No, I'm not turning it off. <laughs> you have to talk over the background music. Oh, okay. All right, all right. So Pete and I went and we saw Blade Runner 2049. So we figured we we kind of talk about that for a couple minutes because uh, it's only the second movie that uh, we've ever seen together. And I will say this, you and I have come to realize that we have very different views on movies. Right. Like, I was, like, ecstatic when the trailers are playing, and I realize, that's the trailer for Pacific Rim 2! It's coming! It's coming! And I totally break the moment for you and go, stupidest, coolest film ever? <laughs> or stupidest, coolest sequel ever? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's coming. Yeah, so um, as much as you and I both like Star Wars, and I always thought I was a big fan until I met you, and then I realized I don't even know if I'm like in Little League compared to your MLB record at at Star Wars. (sighs) Well, we used to blast. You know, Womp Rats with their T-16s back home. They're no bigger than two meters. Mm. You know, when, you, when you're when you busting out those quotes, you know, you, you have now entered the realm of, I don't just like the Star Wars movies. I am the Star Wars movies. Don't do that. So, um, so we went and saw Blade Runner. Why don't you tell everyone what your opinion of <laughs> Blade Runner was? You know. Now that you've had I, time to think about it. I liked it. Um, particularly the soundtrack. My my favorite <laughs> song from it was <laughs> That song moved me um deeply. All I remember saying was, Oh yeah, that's the music I'm putting on when I'm with my wife tonight. <laughs> Just was like the worst. It was like it was like heavy, heavy industrial music. And what was super funny about it? <laughs> what was super funny about it though is I had this like raging migraine. I never get migraines. <laughs> I happen to have a migraine. I I go to Pete's house. I'm like, hey man, you got any Advil? I call him on the way. He's like, yeah, sure. I'll I'll bring some with me. We get into his car. He goes, whoops, forgot the Advil. So we drive in the movie, and all, all all I know is it did not help the headache. It was rad. Like, the music was rad. It totally fit. Well, it and, fit uh, the, like Blade Runner original. It, it was yeah, clearly, yeah. like, the perfect sequel 50 years later, however long it's been. Oh, it so was, man. I mean, the, it, my opinion was, you, you know, and you we, said, we were walking You claimed out. afterwards as we were walking out, you said it was the best movie you've seen this year. It is, but... It, but what I said as well was that doesn't make it a 10. It just means I haven't seen that many good films this year. And, and that's true. Like, and we, we, Pete and I had this deep philosophical conversation in his garage. Uh, the charger is a think tank. Let me, let me just tell you, you wax lyrical in the charger. But as, as we got out, I was like, the thing is, Pete, is none of these movies that are coming out today are iconic. Like, we're not going to see. Um, you know, 20 years from now, they're making movies 
that are the the remake or the sequel of so many of these movies today. And some of these movies are good. They're good movies. But they're just they don't have the impact that some of the movies we were talking about, like Ghostbusters and Blade Runner, the eighties ET, you know, we had so many movies like Star the Star Wars saga that that just there was something special about that era of movie making. And I see my feeling on Blade Runner was it was good, but I won't be buying it and I won't probably ever watch it again. Yeah. And I actually feel that I actually, I might watch it again. I think I would watch it again, but I probably wouldn't want to own it. And and the reason why <laughs> you, is you can only watch it when you've got a, a no headache going on. Yeah, and I also feel with this film that it's more of an issue of it, it was cool. Like, I think it's worth one more watch, but I I don't think it will be the thing I return to again and again. What I liked about it was that the first movie is evocative. It it definitely evokes your emotions. It. It's, it's aim. The very first Blade Runner's aim was to get you to feel things, right? It's a mood movie. So it's film noir set in a, in a, you know, a, a dystopian future, so to speak. Um, sociologists used to study it to see. And, and what I loved is it, you know, kind of what LA would be like. And, and it, it pictures almost like an entirely Asian future. You know, that but that's almost, really in the first one. It's not in, this in one. the first. Yeah. And so what I was getting to was in this one, they start off with this like, you know, the 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 whole of California outside of L.A. is pretty much just food production. But it's like it's all these like farms covered in plastic just dominating the landscape. But what they're farming is insects. And I thought that was so like if you watch the trends right now, they're saying that the way to solve the food shortage is to farm insects that insects reproduce so fast. It would be a sustainable source of food. And I, I always love that the blade runner film kind of it, it, it follows the trends in sociology and applies them to the future and it'll be studied. This movie will also be studied in future. Why would it be studied? It's a movie. It's well, they study, they study blade runner. Now my, um, people are stupid. I mean, literally, <laughs> they're stupid. Rad, Why would you study Blade Runner and go, oh, I want to see how the future is going to be? That's just stupid. No, no. What it is is the reason they would show it to students is to show that someone took 20 years ago. So this is probably like this is back in 97, right? And the original film was, what, 82? So 15 years on, I was having a conversation with my brother-in-law, who was, um, he's the head of global studies at APU. Well, obviously he's got his PhD in sociology. So he, he basically said, no, he goes, they study, um, in sociology, they'll study Blade Runner because it's a projection of the future that has turned out, um, socially to be very accurate for the Whatever. fact that seriously, that, that's how you know. Too much college just shows how stupid you are. <laughs> I'm not like, going to argue with you there. I'm but, just, but the wow. idea that in the future, everyone's going to be blended, right? Um, you know, almost everyone in that film is Asian or a replicant. And in the, the, the theory is that eventually everybody's going to, that everybody will eventually be mingled and intermarried, that you will not have distinct, uh, ethnicities. Yeah, that's never going to happen. That's that's literally never going to happen ever. Mm-hmm. It hasn't yet. It's not going to. We're on our way, brother. No, we're we're on our way. I'm not saying there's not going to be intermarrying. Obviously, there is, but <laughs> it's not going to happen. Well, you're like the ginger. You're like the whitest dude I know. Obviously, you're holding out. <laughs> and your kids came out looking like you. How did I'm that just, happen? <laughs> I'm just saying. It's it's just it's craziness. Yes, yes. It, what well, I I don't. I, I mean, I actually think, to me, I, I think it's right, and I think people are going to be more blended in the future. When they're like, "Oh, you got real wood. You're rich, man," because is you know the guy oh, that was rad. It's like, oh, 
Of course there are trees, because if there's no trees, we're all dead. We need them for oxygen. This is stupid. No, they're going to figure out another way to manufacture the the whole process, recycling of oxygen. Sure. Now, I did. I will agree that I loved the fact that San Diego was the dump for L.A. (laughs) That, to me, was hilarious. Had we not been keeping the dude rule and sitting one seat apart from each other, I would have definitely got an elbow in my side at that moment. (laughs) I could feel the mental elbow. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. You live in the garbage dump for LA. <laughs> I was like, okay, that fits. I'm with you on yeah. that one. Yeah. Oh, oh, we should study this film. <laughs> but there's no blue skies anywhere. The only true day scene where like you see blue sky was a hologram. Yeah. And the rest of it, like if you go back and watch Blade Runner, which I had to rewatch before I saw the sequel, there's not a single day scene in that entire movie. It's all night scenes, and it's always right. raining. Right. And in this one, it was either always night or the day scenes were like there was so much crap in the air, you you couldn't breathe it. I mean, it was just right. it was nasty. Yeah, it was really cool in that way. I mean, it was you know, and and like I said, it was really slow on purpose. Oh, like they could it, have taken out an hour of that movie. It's a three hour movie. You could have taken out an hour. And not have cut out a single line that was spoken. Like, True. that's how much just, eh, we're just going to show this scene because it's fun. Yeah. And they do it basically as you're watching it. They're doing it because they want you to, and this is what I appreciate about it. I thought it was well directed. Um, it, it just had a lot of cool things in it. It it had the mood like the rain and the snow and the the darkness. And then the pace of the movie is slow and emotive. It doesn't tell you everything. It it kind of draws it out and says, We want you to feel this. Right? And 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 that's how the original Blade Runner is. You're you know, Deckard isn't saying a bunch of stuff. You're kind of figuring it out. In fact, the the idea that he's a replicant um in the original is kind of a, how do I put it? It's like a, um, it, it, they don't tell you, you know, he wasn't, in, a, he wasn't a replicant in the original. He is a replicant in the original. No, he's not. I he rewatched is, it. He's not a replicant. He's a replicant. He's not. A replicant. All right. So this now Deckard is a replicant. He's so not Deck- a replicant. He wasn't he even a replicant in this one. He's a replicant in this one. No, he's not. He is. He's not. He is, I promise you. Then they changed the movie. No, no, no. If you go, if you go back. I rewatched it. I just rewatched right. it. Right. So the the scene, did you watch the version where this he has the scene of the of the horse running through the through the forest? I have no idea. I, I watched what He's playing on the TV. piano. He's hitting what, the piano. I, whatever was on TV, I don't know. So so the piano key in the beginning uh, or in uh, in the original where he's hitting the piano he's sitting at the piano and he's he starts hitting the key and then the the picture of the of the horse the white horse running through the woods comes that's an implanted memory and that's the that's the moment at which he realizes that he's a replicant that that's an implanted memory so if if you even go to this film it tells you in the very beginning it has a, a piece of uh you know where it goes you know the replicants that are you know made to hunt down other replicants so deckard is a replicant that doesn't know he's a replicant this replicant in this one knows he's a replicant make sense i understand that's why they run off together that's but now i might have to go back and watch this stupid movie again yeah just research it research now, now it I'm and you'll see like it's a stupider movie than i ever thought it was and i actually don't want to see it now. Like I, I, I actually appreciate the movie less with this thrown in. Really? Yeah. See, as kids, like that was the question. See, like you're that's a couple years question. younger. Than me. No, huh? that's not the question. That, it was always no. the question. Like, what was what was that about? What no, was see, it saying? She was special because she didn't have an expiration date. Therefore, right. and. Therefore, and he should have been. We can't say the other reason she was special will ruin the movie. I don't. I don't know that that was. I don't know that they knew that. 
That's all I'm saying. I don't know that they knew that. That's what they built this whole sequel off of. Was I that? Th- I don't think they built. I think they made it up. I think this they're sitting rad. around a See, room. I know. I know. Drinking like four or five beers going, into it, and then they're like, "Hey, I got an idea. Let's do this with her." I think that's what happened. Really, I do. I don't think it was. See, you you read way more into movies than I think is actually there, and your imagination is. I, there's a reason you're a writer. You've got a great imagination, but you were like making up stuff and projecting it. This is why I like movies like Pacific Rim, where it's clear good guys versus bad guys. That's it. Pete has a meltdown on the Church Planner podcast over. Deckard can't be a replicant. He's man. not a replicant. That's what I'm saying. He's not. So from now on, like my my trigger my trigger phrase for you when I want to like really have you freak out and want you to like melt down in a meeting is Deckard is a replicant. <laughs> <laughs> All I did is as soon as like the a movie, red rag to a bull. As soon as the movie was over, I turned to Peyton and I go, "He gave birth to himself." <laughs> I know, right? There's this one scene. There's this one scene where it, it you, you kind of for a split second think there might have been some sex changing going on. And and as we're watching it, I'm in the theater like one seat away from Pete. And I go, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> because of the famous movie, the infamous movie where Pete blew the whole plot line, <laughs> gave me the major reveal on his way out because he's so stunned as he's coming out of the film. And I, all I say at the end is, well, I'm really glad I saw this with you, Pete. <laughs> Instead of you calling me on your way out of the all theater. I was, you know, guys, the movie was called Predestination with Ethan Hawke. I gave – it was on Facebook, and I literally put spoiler warning. <laughs> Not to me. Not when you called me I on the phone. I call you. You read it on Facebook first. <clears throat> And, and I'm just saying, I I did warn everyone, spoiler, and and that. But the reason why I brought that up is uh, I just found it on Amazon Prime. Oh, did you really? So everyone needs to go watch Predestination on Amazon Prime for free. If you or got they Amazon don't. Prime. No, you do, you do, <laughs> and then you'll understand what I'm talking about when I say he gave birth to himself. That's rad. Yeah. So, should we actually get into some church planning stuff? Yes. I don't even know how long we've been talking about Stupid Blade Runner. Now I really hate the movie. A long time. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, guys. So, okay. Uh, hit me with that sound effect. I, uh, which one? Uh, the Church Planner Podcast isn't the podcast that planners deserve, but the podcast they need. No, the right, other Scott, one. It's time for this week's topic. There we Let's go. Let's get down to the nitty So... Today, what we're going to talk about, which I guess really if we were like a real podcast, we would actually say it at the beginning. You know, like If we were a real podcast, we wouldn't decide about 30 seconds before we start recording. <laughs> what are we talking hey, about today? Hey, this is two weeks old, this topic, man. Like, I've, I've been wanting to do this for weeks. But, mm. you know, yeah, tell your story about Wayne getting saved. Like, that's important. Um, so here we go. <laughs> so so here we are. We, we got a postcard. And um, as as many of you know, I am living in an apartment, and so I'm in a new neighborhood. And the church that's actually just across the street from the apartment complex sent out a bunch of mailers into the neighborhood. And I got it, and, you know, my wife looked at it and said, that's the best church postcard I've ever seen. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I'll let Pete Mitchell be the judge of that. So I got the postcard and um, mailed it to Pete or emailed it to Pete, took pictures of it. And said, hey, man, let's do a design analysis. If you don't know what a design analysis is, it's where you analyze somebody's design. And you hope to learn both good and bad from it. In other words, what to do and what not to do. So what we're going to do today is our handy-dandy assistant, Mr. Travis, is going to post these photos in our show notes. And if you want to find these, you, you can find you know, these. You know Travis has nothing to do with the Church Planner podcast, right? So my co-host, Pete Mitchell, <laughs> is going to take these photos. <laughs> and he's going to put them either in the show notes or on our Facebook page. So you can see these and you can kind of join in the fun. Nice. Right, Pete? Yeah. So why don't you describe the postcards? So the postcard comes through. And, and I want to talk about... You know, the, on the front first, you've got a bunch of blocks. So there's kind of like two big blocks on this left side, 
And then at the top right, there's two little blocks and then a big one on the bottom right. So one, two, three, four, five. You know I'm bad with math. Five blocks, right? And and they're all different things. So the first one says, parenting in the digital age classes starting soon. For more information to register, visit daybreakchurch.org. Then the other one is under that. The other big block is Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University money class that will change your life. Um, on the right is divorce care, find help and healing for the hurt of separation and divorce. And then grief share, hurts to lose someone, find help at grief share. And then lastly, it's marriage enrichment. So that's the front. And then as you turn to the back, where's my other one? Hold on. On the back, it's got a blank that says, uh, be a better blank, husband, wife, parent, saver. And then it just gives you the address and map to the church, Sunday services, 9 and 1045 a.m. Pete, what's your thought on this? Why don't you tell me why you like this? Now, keep in mind, you are a pastor, a Christian. <laughs> you're not a, a, uh, lost person. You're not a, you're not a non, you're not an unchurched person, non-church. Right. The correct. Terms. So, so the reason I like it as a lost person. No, no, no. You, No. (laughs) Tell me why you like it as you. Yeah, okay. So why I like it as a pastor is it appeals to lost people. It literally enters the conversation that people are already having. Um, So that phrase on the back, become a better. It's not saying, hey, do you need Jesus? Which there's nothing wrong with that. If a postcard came through the mail that was telling people they need God, I would actually respect that. I'd have no issue with that whatsoever. But what I like is that this right away is saying, look, um, you are going through stuff. You're going through good. You're going through bad. And we as a church are here for you, right? Right away, I like that. That it's, it's not, it's not even asking you what you believe. It's saying, you've been through divorce. You need help. We will support you. Uh, you, you've lost someone. Do you need help? We're a church. That's where people end up coming. Funeral homes and churches. When they lose someone, we're here for you. Marriage, you go to a church. We will help enrich your marriage. Like, don't just think you come here, do the wedding, and it's done. Financial peace, that guy, um, that thing has gone all around the country, and it doesn't even link itself to churches in in a lot of cases. I've I've had conversations with nonbelievers that have been through this. And it, it serves like just probably like a couple weeks ago, I was talking with one of the builders, uh, who's doing work at my house. And this came up. He mentioned financial peace. Um, also the parenting in the digital age. That is, I've seen the schools around the area advertising that. I love the fact that the church goes, Hey, let us help with that. Just cool. So on the back where it says become a better boom, 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 we know that the end result of becoming a Christian is going to make you. And I'm trying to remember who it was. It was Moody who somebody said, um, he was, he was preaching and an atheist spoke up in the, in the, from the crowd and heckled him. And he, he said, ah, you know, you believe in God. It's a bunch of nonsense. I believe in science. I'm an atheist. And Moody said, okay. He goes, I tell you what, I'm going to be here tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, he goes, all I want you to do is I want you to bring 10 people who are better husbands, better fathers, better employees, better citizens as a result of their atheism. And he says, and I tomorrow will bring thousands of people who have been made better husbands, fathers, brothers, family members, sons, employees, citizens, neighbors as a result of believing the gospel. And so for me, this just kind of worked. I was like, hey, you know, it's not come to my church service, come to my churchy church thing that is going to bring you in, sit your butt in a seat, and make you a tither. These are small groups. That's what they're actually asking you to get involved in. They're starting off with small groups saying, join small groups. That works for me. I want everyone to understand what you just heard from Peyton. And this is, I mean, you really need to hear what I have to say here. What you just heard from Peyton is exactly what my point is as a marketer. You have just heard the conversation that is going through his head as a saved pastor of a church and what he thinks his postcard is saying to the unsaved person. 
So this right here, what, what you actually just hit on is the number one problem that every business and church has. There's two conversations going on. There's the conversation going on in your head, and there's the conversation going on in your prospect's head. The conversation that's going on in your head is not what these postcards say. But it's the conversation that's going on in your head. So when you look at these postcards, that's what you see. And that's the key thing that people need to start realizing is that that conversation that's going on in your head, it's not what's going on in the prospect's head. The prospect is not looking at this, the prospect, the unchurched person. They're absolutely not looking at this and going, oh, they're asking me to join small groups. That's, that is 100% not what this postcard is saying. To oh, that absolutely. Person. I'm just saying that's, that is what it is. That, but that's not what this is saying. It doesn't matter what no, it I'm is. I'm not saying it's saying that. Well, what, Everything else that you said would actually be better if that was put on the postcard mm. than what is actually on here. Because you actually break it down, whereas this assumes the prospect knows what you're talking about. I'll give you an example That here. is true. That is true. That is the thing that this doesn't say is it tells you this, but it doesn't tell you how. Well, None of these things. There's no call to action. Right. It, what this is is uh, what I would call a me too postcard or this is what I got. No one right. cares what you got. They only care what you can do for them. Now, the whole on the back where it says be a better and it's got a blank and then underneath that it says husband, wife, parent, saver. That's okay. The problem is, again, that's not the conversation going on in the prospect's mind. No one is waking up going, gosh, I want to be a better husband today. Gosh, I want to be a better wife today. Gosh, I want to be a better saver today. Like, that's not the conversation going on in their head. Um, it's not to say that like not one out of a thousand doesn't have that. I'm sure there's one person out there who's waking up going, I want to be a better saver, but you got to enter that conversation that's going on in their head. And it's not the conversation that's going on in your head. You're looking at it going, look, I know what Christ can do for people. I know mm -hmm. how he can change their life. I know how he can make them a better husband, a better wife, a better parent, a better saver. And so we want to like communicate that, but that's not the conversation that's going on in their head. What the conversation might be going on in their head is, um, how do I save my marriage? Right. You know, that you, you have to literally dive into the pain. Um, more so instead of marriage enrichment there, it would, it would, you would literally put how would I save my marriage? Oh yeah. But, and let me say this, oh, yeah. the, the weakness I find in this is that there are one, two, three, there are five, there are five different things yeah. in one sense. Like you said, it's a, what I got, but because it's all that you don't have a pathway. So if I'm, yes. If I'm Joe Blow sitting at home and I see it, and and again, I'm commending this card anyways because it's the it's best still better. one I've seen. It's still better than what most churches send out. That's what 100%. I was going to say. It's the best one on I've that. seen, hands yeah. down. Yeah. But the next step is, okay, if I flip it over and I go to the backside, it gives me the church's address and the times for the services. So what it actually does is it makes me kind of follow the breadcrumb to get to a Sunday service which isn't what you're advertising. What I want to yeah. know is I don't want to go to the church on a Sunday. What I want to do is I want to go to that divorce care thing. Yeah. But if you're making me go on a Sunday morning to the divorce care thing, then right away you're not, you've just put a roadblock in front well, of you. Well, what you're also doing, because you brought up a great point that I was going to get to, um, it's what we call, uh, you're confusing the prospect. Right. I know what the church is trying to do. They're trying to show, look, these are all the programs we got. We're here for you because that's the conversation going on in their head. But if right. you want to reach someone, you can't confuse them. You got to literally pick one, let's say right. divorce care, and you got to do a post postcard on the divorce care. And then the next time you send out a postcard, then it's, you know, financial peace, but you're not going to use financial peace as the headline. Like, you need to right. enter that conversation right. that's going on in their mind and you focus on one. But you brought out the great point, and that is the back. It just says, here's the name of the church, Sunday's services at 9 and 1045 a.m. Okay, the problem with that is there's no call to action. Like, what does that mean to me? You're assuming that I know what you mean by Sunday services at 9 and 1045. If I'm an unchurched person, 
I don't know what the heck you're talking about. So right. are you saying that parenting at the digital age is at nine or is it like if I go to nine, I'm going to see parenting, financial peace, marriage enrichment, grief share and divorce care? I mean, or is, like you, 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 I'm an unchurched person. I don't know what you mean. I have no clue. Like I think back to my conversation with Wayne, right? When Wayne says, Hey, there's all these footnotes in the Bible, but I can't find where they're written up. And he shows it to me, and it's like, oh no, that's the divorce. That's the uh, the verse number, right? Right? Like you're talking to someone who does not have the knowledge right. that you have, and so you need to literally spell it out and walk people through what you want them to do. So I I agree with you. I commend the the effort on the postcard. Yeah. They're, they're thinking outside the box and that's a really good start. Like they're, they're trying to go, how do we reach people? So if yeah. we take one aspect, I really like how you go dive deep into the pain. So on the marriage enrichment one, you would do, how do I save my marriage? And would you, you'd have a picture rather than the happy picture, right? And the kind of hipster, uh, imagery, you'd have someone looking worried, right? Like staring off into the distance, kind of you would, you, you, could do it, you could that. do it a couple of different ways. One could be, you know, what we call the before and after. Think about every weight loss ad. There's a before picture and then there's an after picture, right? Mm. So that's showing this is where you are. This is where you could be. But the thing about like marriage and risk enrichment, um, there's always, not always, most of the time, there's one person in the marriage yeah. who wants to save the marriage. Right. And so the problem is, is when you're trying to speak to both, you're speaking to neither. So right. you got to pick one, you know, how to stop your divorce. Um, you know, special meeting Wednesday night, seven o'clock. Right. You know, free, whatever, you know, but you, you need to speak to that person who's hurting people. Incidentally, people move more out of fear of loss than hope of gain. That's why right. the be a better doesn't really work that well as fear of loss. Right. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, so the marriage enrichment, I would, I would, you know, literally I would go after that one person who's trying to save their marriage. Um, how to so, stop so you could, you could literally, uh, like, this is just a thought now I'm going a little bit deeper than post the design analysis. But if I wanted to, I could, if I were a big church, I could hire a marriage and family therapist, right? First off, that would serve all the people within my church. Right now, we have to outsource. They have to go out. What if I hired them and that became a service that I offered to the church? You had to interview it. You know, there were, there were, you know, literally your church could, could literally be doing marriage counseling all day, every day, right? Or you hire the, the, the guy to come in the evening or the gal to come in the evening. I know because I've gone to counselors for, uh, 20 years. Right. Plus, because I did all the pre-marriage counseling and just continued. But here's the deal. Imagine if you did that. Then you sent out how to save my marriage and you told people we have free counseling available. Do you know how many people you would get through the doors of your church? It would actually accomplish that. Now, we don't do that, right? We always staff people to help the believers in the church. And, and I, I think if you did put a marriage family therapist on staff, you do both, but you would have the capacity when someone says, Hey, boom, boom, boom. I, I need, you know, my marriage is falling. You're there for them. Yeah. And you meet them and you get them into the church. That person is on pastoral staff. Um, a lot of the marriage family therapists out there that I've met in the Christian world are ex pastors. When I go to is an ex vineyard minister hmm. and, uh, that's a great combination, but. Okay, so the other thing is what here's, you could here's have. the other thing too. Um, I saw a great uh, church postcard from somebody who Peyton and I refer to as the shark. So I won't say who it was, <laughs> but the guy understands marketing, and I can't remember if it was like the Easter service that they were promoting. But one of the things that I really liked about it is they had what we marketers refer to as a premium for attending. Right. So the premium for attending was like, it was either a free CD or it was a free book. And, um, and so, 
you know, I happen to know what this guy does. Basically, he writes the book himself. So when he prints the book, you know, it's costing him like two bucks a unit. You know, would you pay two dollars to get people through your door? I do it all day long, especially if I'm a church. Right. I'd spend whatever it took to get the unsaved uh, to come to my church so that way they can hear about Christ. Um, but that's a premium. Right. And so sometimes people go, oh, you know what? I kind of want to go to this thing because there's right. this, they don't call it a premium. They're like, you know, I'm also going to get this uh, free MP3 player, right? I, I see those all the time. I built all of my careers, um, my financial planning, my marketing, college planning, all of that was built off of doing seminars and buying people dinner, right? Mm. We did dinner seminars and lunch seminars and everything like that. And so the dinner becomes the premium. And we'd right. always do it at a restaurant where everyone wanted to go. And I didn't care how much it cost me in food. I would happily spend that because I knew I was going to make enough money. But right. let's say you wanted to do a uh, divorce care or marriage enrichment and you're trying to go, you know, reach the lost in your community. Don't, w- what about bringing in a, uh, a caterer? You know, what about bringing in someone, um, who can cater your, your session? And provide people meals. Do you think that would get people to show up? Of course it would. Like, you know, you start thinking through what does it take to actually get someone to show up? So then we can, you know, tell them about the love of Christ and how that can impact their marriage and stuff like that. But, but you, what you're hitting on is, is dead on. Like you have to start thinking outside of the box, outside of the church box, and you need to start thinking about really connecting with people with Mm. where they're at. And the biggest problem is kind of like what you hit on at the beginning. We've got our own view, right? You're looking at this as a pastor going, yeah, man, you know, grief share. That's a tough one, man. That's a Mm. real, real tough one to, to advertise for, man, if I were going to advertise grief share, how would I do that? Right. I don't, I don't even know how I would do that effectively um i would probably for that i probably wouldn't even use postcard marketing for that i'd be looking at what we call joint ventures in the world of marketing right you know what are other organizations around here that know about people who are going through loss um can i team up with the local hospital can i team up with the local hospices can i team up with the local assisted living facilities and you know provide That's our grief really share you know counseling course, whatever you want to call it for the family members. And now those institutions know, Hey, you know what? Uh, by the way, these guys over here have a great program. You might want to check it out. I mean, that's it, right. you, you know, and I would use something like that. I think to funnel people into, to our church so we could help them. Does that make sense? That's pretty good, man. That's really good. You know, you should, uh, think should about helping people out in marketing. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty cool. What you do there. And, and um, for divorce care, I'd say, so he sucked. Come find a new one. <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty much where you sold your soul to the devil, Pete. I just want to point that out. <laughs> he sucked. Come find a new one. <laughs> well, like, okay, parenting in the digital age. See, to me, that really speaks to me because I've got kids and i worry about this like we didn't have and you the live internet. in the digital age let's be real I, we didn't have the internet growing up right <laughs> and and now we do and now there's like sexting and all that stuff that we never had when i was growing up i'm worried about that that's one that i think that you could absolutely do as a separate postcard i mean again yeah. you got to come up with a better headline than parenting in the digital age you got to tap into what they're thinking about but at least if you notice on that one at least there's there's a call to action for more information or to register visit. And then they give the URL. Like, right. Why didn't they do that on all of these? <laughs> I'm like dumbfounded why right. you would do it on one and not on all of them. Right. Yeah. Do a Absolutely. call to action. Tell them where, where do you find out about this stuff? But that's, that's a great one. And again, I mean, if you can team up with the local schools, um, I know the elementary school that my son goes to, they do something with parenting in the digital age. I haven't been to it yet, but every year I've seen it every year for the last two years. Right. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, you could do joint venture on that. That one, I think you could actually get a list of, uh, new parents or even, you know, whatever age you want 
Um, if you were going to run Facebook ads, you can actually choose to run your ad to people who have kids in the household. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways that I could use that. The thing too that, that I look at, I can tell that this was not, uh, done using what's called the every door direct mail. Right. So I think that they probably paid more than they needed to pay. Like they're a nonprofit. So you can tell by the, 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 uh, stamp on the back, the indicia that right. they got the nonprofit postage rate. Um, but realistically, what I would have done is I would have just done an every door direct mail and hit like your whole apartment complex. Right. Cause it probably, probably, and I, I don't know exactly, but I'm betting it would have been a little bit less. And you could just carpet bomb the whole apartment complex. Just right. get everybody. Right. And then it almost doesn't matter if, you know, they need divorce care or financial peace. You're just picking one, but it's so right. cheap. You're hitting everyone. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I totally agree. And, um, as you're looking at, you know, the, uh, the, you know, the, the call to action. Cause again, that, that's where this really kind of falls down is the pathway. Like, okay, I want to save my marriage. But like we said, that disconnect of wait, I, I flip it over. There's no information about this. Like, no, I don't want to go to your church service on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I actually think this is a brilliant approach if it were executed well. In other words, if they had just done and, and I would say rather than sending out this one, um, send out every two months. You know, there's five here. You know, maybe, maybe every couple months you send a new one. And it's not like. Yeah, I would do it more frequently. I mean, uh, personally. Like, like, okay, yeah. So I would once do it a at month, least maybe. Or? Yeah, I would do it at least once a month. Now, a- again, the biggest thing on this, it's budget, right? It's, that's what it comes down to is the budget. Yeah. But here's the thing that everyone is like afraid of. Like, let's say they did all five of these, and they're like, great, now what do we do? I would go, do it again. <laughs> right? Right. Do it again. Like, but they've already seen this ad, and they didn't show up. Look, do it again. Like, the thought that we have in our head. Are, are you saying it's kind of like when you email people multiple times <laughs> during a campaign? Something like that, Pete? <laughs> here's the here's the, the, the fault that someone has is, is they're thinking, well, someone's going to remember this postcard and just throw it away. Look, first of all, they already threw it away. Like right. they looked at this for maybe three seconds, if you're lucky, right. over the trash can and directly threw it in. You could send this same postcard out the next week, and I guarantee you 95% of the people aren't even going to recognize it. Right. So don't worry about, oh, they've already seen it. The other thing is someone's now at a different stage of their life. So right. let's say, you know, this month they're thinking, no, I don't need to save my marriage. My marriage is fine. Next month comes around. They're like, wow, man, my wife just told me she's leaving me for the milkman. Um, okay. And this thing just came in. How to stop my divorce. I need to go to this. Maybe they got some secrets that I need to know about. Right. So people's lives change. That's right. why you can keep sending the same message over and over again because their life changes. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, I need what you got. Right. Right. So sorry, well, man. Did I not give you what you were hoping for? No, you absolutely did, man. Like that's super, super helpful. So um, multiple ones. Think of it. If you did that, here's five. Um, like Pete said, you could run them again. But then you've got Easter too. You've got Christmas. You've got um, – and do I believe in these and do I send these? You better believe I do. Yeah, we've done right? it. As, as cutting edge as I am – no, I'm just teasing. No, but is is more like kind of low to the ground and guerrilla church planning as I am. Um, at the same time, uh, I know that if if a postcard – if I send out thousands and it brings one person in who sees that as a lifeline – you better believe I'm going to do it. Like, yep. I, you know, the the amount of people who have testimonies where it was the stupidest thing that brought them. And I, I just I hear what Pete's saying. It's like you can do this. But the problem is so few churches do it well. Yeah. And so then we have the camp that goes, oh, mailers. Ha ha ha. Yeah, those never work. Well, maybe the way that we've been doing mailers, they don't work. But think of it, like think of the crap that comes through your mail. There are things that I take out 
It doesn't matter. Like I look for it. Even when I get that catalog, I'm looking for which restaurants do I like where I can get a 50% coupon. And that's what I'm doing. Like mm. I, if it's effective, it catches my attention and I clip it and I use it and it gets me through the door of an establishment for something I want. What they've done here is what people really need is the gospel, but they don't know that yet. And a postcard probably isn't going to tell them that. This has given them what they want and hopefully what they need as well. But I think on the other side of that, the idea of reaching people through small groups to me is powerful. And if this is executed well, this could be a big deal. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Pete, um, you know, the, obviously they either hired someone to do this for them because they don't have the time. And let's face it. Most pastors don't have the time to do things like bookkeeping and, you know, simple things like IRS compliancy. If, if that was the case, Pete, say they didn't know about, you know, how to have someone help them leverage their time. Where would you send them to do their bookkeeping, finances, IRS compliancy? I would actually send them over to simplifychurch.com. Why? <laughs> well, because Simplify Church <laughs> makes your life simple. They take care of all that IRS compliant payroll, housing allowance, and we know how that's being changed here. They take care of everything for you. That's the beauty of SimplifyChurch.com. That's right. Head on over there. They'll appoint a special agent who just deals with your church finances. You'll get to know them. You'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll get your finances done. They'll send into your donor receipts, deal with the IRS for you. It's a good deal. Well, hey, guys. Thanks for joining us today on the Church Planner Podcast, where uh, we actually talked more about Pete's expertise today than mine. But hopefully you guys will be able to put that to use. This has been the Church Planner Podcast, where we're reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. dot